0: Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Mindful Commerce podcast. I'm Chrissy, and I'm your host for this episode. In this episode, I talk to a very inspiring man who knows all about sustainability on the web, and his name is Jerry McGovern. Jerry has written a book called Worldwide Waste, which is all about how digital is killing our planet and what we can do about it. In this episode, we talk about how the digital world is killing our planet, and what Jerry thinks e-commerce brands and tech companies can do to combat the problem. Amongst many other topics, we discussed the ideal synergy of going back to localization and community, with a dash of innovative technology and less data collection. I hope you enjoy this episode, it's really fascinating. If you have any thoughts or comments, please feel free to email us at info at mindfulcommerce.io. and all the details will be in the show notes. Enjoy! Hi, Jerry, welcome to the Mindful Commerce Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, would you like to kick things off by just telling us your story and how you ended up where you are today?
1: Okay, Chrissy, and, and thanks for the invite to be here. Um, I used to, many years ago, I was a freelance journalist back in the, in the 90s, in the early 90s, and, and uh, doing all sorts of different uh, work for music and some a little bit technology uh, as well. And, and I came across the internet very early uh, maybe about ninety three or so, ninety four, sometime around then. And I thought, wow, this is going to, this is going to change the world. And and um, basically from then on, one way or another, either through, you know, for a while, I I got commissioned to do a report for the Irish government around ninety four about the future of, of the internet and society, and so that that kept me busy for a while. And then started some companies and you know some of those companies went bust and had the whole had the whole dot com uh and dot com bust experience and and then you know started writing books of this is my my last book worldwide waste is my eight uh and uh, traveling and doing workshops and working with clients and developed a methodology called top tasks which is a kind of a prioritization system for, you know, really focusing on what matters and that's been my main kind of work for the last 10 or 15 years is helping organizations implement top task projects.
0: Okay, interesting then. So how, when was it that you kind of realized that digital is not so great for our planet? So obviously, if used in the right way, it's it's great. But um, yeah, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, really only maybe two or three years ago, you know, because I always change my computer every two years, change my phone every two years. And, you know, and I, and I really had the impression that that I was lucky to be working in digital. Like I, I I was, you know, watching, you know, the the movements out there and, you know, Greta Thunberg and all, all those other wonderful young people, you know, really. Being passionate and idealistic and trying to make changes, and I, I kind of I thought that's that's nice to see, and you know, isn't it great that you know where I'm, what I'm doing is is helping them, and you know, and uh, but I thought in the back of my head, I, then I I realized I was t- thinking back over my career since, since the nineties, and 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 uh, just you yeah, kind of struck me that so many times in so many organizations, what we needed to do specifically, say I did a lot of work for intranets for a number of years, and, and uh, that intranets were just dumps, and, and that to make them work, we nearly always had to delete 80 or 90% of the data. And, and then systems going into organizations and finding five or six or seven systems for training and you know and all these duplications of systems and just got the sense of wow there's an, there's an incredible amount of waste uh, in here and and nearly all the projects I've worked on were you know huge dumps that either the public websites I remember you know dealing with the U.S. Department of Health and in one area, they had 200,000 pages and they deleted 150,000 of them and, and nobody noticed, no, they didn't get a single inquiry. And yeah, I kept just seeing that. So that kind of was in the back of my head and I thought, wow, you know, maybe digital isn't as, as green as I, you know, thought it was. And then when I started doing research and looking at, at e-waste, uh, you know, recognizing e-waste in particular, because you know i i never really saw where these old computers went or cables or stuff like that so it was really digging into the to the to the dark e-waste story that you know began to open up some some thoughts that maybe digital is uh is not nearly as green as as i had been thinking it was over over most of my career
0: yeah so e-waste in terms of, like, you know, your laptops, your phones, um, and then, do, like, do you know where they end up? Do they end up in landfill as well, or are they... Well, they do.
1: Most of them do. See, what we have, you know, us in the rich countries, we've created a really nice uh, system where our ear is clean and, you know, our environments are very clean. But we've, we've essentially outsourced waste. So we go to poor countries and we get them to manufacture uh, the products very, very cheaply and, and whatever waste is accrued there. And, you know, in the manufacturing process or uh, getting the raw materials, it's rarely like a lot of these raw materials are for, they're called rare earth materials because they are rare and they're difficult to find. And often they're found in virgin habitats or, you know, in Western Africa where the great apes, you know, there's there's certain uh, 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 type of rare earth that's only found there and, you know, in unusual places that uh, humans had not really been in, in significant numbers. So, so that how we, you know, we suck all those raw materials out of uh, certain countries. We then we give those materials to People in other more poor developing countries, and then we get our nice shiny products, and then two years later we dump them. Uh, but what happens is they often get back to the very sent back to the very same countries that the raw materials were dug up in. So we we recycle less than twenty percent, and even recycling is incredibly crude. Like a lot of like somebody was telling me that in data centers they just shred they shred uh, the servers that are working perfectly well. You know, every three or four years, they just shred them for either security or privacy, or they're worried that data might be accessed on them. So there's these perfectly working servers because they've got this commitment to uptime. You know, they they have to meet 99.9% uptime. So they don't want to take that statistical chance that the server will will break. So, So even recycling is, most recycling does not actually recycle uh, in any real sense and then the other 80% are put on big containers and and are sent back to poor countries where they often end up in landfills and they end up being burned Gosh. you know with toxic fumes so as to get out some gold or whatever. so they're in open pits so this we never see these pictures when we see the apple iphone or the or the Samsung, we see the most beautiful things, but behind the scenes is a very ugly, very ugly world uh, that we've created, but our world looks great, you know, uh, because we outsource, we outsource all the nasty stuff to places that consumers won't see.
0: That's crazy. That's really crazy. Um, so would you say, so someone like me, what can i do can i just you know don't upgrade my phone every year or two or like yeah
1: that's the single biggest thing like somebody did a study recently at a uk entity and they said that if you kept your phone for five years yeah. versus two years uh, you essentially have the water um issue in making the phone because they're making less phones right so Mm -hmm. you 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 cut in half the amount of water required and the amount of co2 yeah so keeping it between two and five years has a huge makes a huge difference because see the problem with electronics is that electronics are very manufacturing intensive so the electronic a piece of electronics requires much more energy uh, to create than a screwdriver or a knife, you know, or, you know, some other physical object. So there's a a much higher intensity of energy and as with energy is waste and often material. So these rare earth materials to get one ton of, Iridium or whatever it is—I I, I can't remember. There's about six, seventeen rare earth materials. Well, you probably need to do a hundred tons of mining, and often that mining is a kind of a, a pollutant. They add a kind of chemicals to actually filter out these materials. So, so the the very act of mining is 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 very toxic in the environments uh, that that. It actually happens in and creates these huge sludge kind of lakes because uh, they use a lot of water and chemicals that that are kind of have got to be dammed up uh, in in the area so so if we hold on to and I think I think what we need to do as well somehow is to agitate for repairability and fixability because many of these phones are deliberately designed to break Yes. So uh, they deliberately design them. So the designers sit around deliberately specking out how do we make this not work after two, three, four years, and often it's with so- software update. You know, so there's a deliberate strategy to actually break our phones, uh, so that so that we have to buy more more stuff. So. You know, there's the right to repair. There's movements beginning. The European Union are looking at, so holding on, and and um, and go. And if your phone breaks, trying to get it fixed and going and saying, why can't it be fixed? Because if enough of us, and and getting in touch with the local politicians are saying, you know, this I should be able to fix this. Yeah. Uh, in in the so fixing it when it breaks. Like so, I've committed now. You know, this is my computer. I've got. I'm going to stick with it. And if and when it breaks, I'm going to try and fix it. Like, and I'm going to go and say, well, how do you replace the hard disk? I want to replace the hard disk, you know. And uh, how do I replace the screen? Uh, and why can't you replace the screen? You know, to start, because if enough of us started saying that, they they because basically we're, we, we accept this world that we're, we've been given. So hold on to it as long as you possibly can and demand the right to repair and repair it and uh, get it, you know, uh, repaired and ask about those issues when you're buying. I never asked. I never t- considered warranty or stuff like that or issues or, you know, and get a five year, often longer warranties, you know, are better, you know, because the, the, they they make a commitment to the organisation that they will repair it, you know, for X number of years. So, So holding on and thinking about repairability, it's stuff that, you know, I, you know, I've only started thinking of in the last two or three years. I can't. can't, Yeah, I don't know. We're just it's just invisible to us in, in so many ways.
0: Yeah. And then I think if they can't repair it and they can't fix it, well, then can they recycle it? And then, are they actually recycling it properly? So with exactly,
1: exactly, ask questions, ask. Yeah. Because if thousands of us, like, somebody told me th- this story about a a, a lady somewhere, he, I don't know if it's in Ireland or the UK or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every week she goes to the local supermarket uh, to do her shopping. Then she she buys her shopping, and then she just goes beyond the tail. and she takes. Everything out of the plastic that, you know, she tries to avoid plastic if she can, but anything that is plastic, she unwraps and puts into a bag she has carried with her. And then she she just gives the plastic. (laughs) Here you go. I don't want it. You know, and and if if only we could scale that woman, you know, by a a ten thousand or a million, then we'd see change. Yeah, I think we have got to have change at a national level. There's not this idea of blaming the consumer. Yeah, that's what the plastics industry did for 50. That was great PR. You know, we got this bit of recycling. We know that 90 percent. Well, a huge percentage of plastic is not recycled. Mm. You know, that's stuff I learned as well. Most plastic is not recycled. Uh, It's 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 all we think we're doing good in the green bin, but actually most of the time we're not. And even being aware of that, you know, that that really demanding that if you make it, you take care of it, you know, and, and uh, that making the manufacturers responsible. I think until we make the manufacturers responsible, we will never solve this problem. So, but I think it's up to the consumers to make the manufacturers responsible because unfortunately, politicians... Yeah, know, many good, many bad, but are, are often more controlled by the the hidden powers behind the scenes than we would want them to be and will nearly always defend those powers over ordinary citizen and, and certainly over planet rights.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think if, so, because it is to do with consumerism and overconsumption and, you know, mostly it's the big businesses that need to change but um what do you think the small to medium size like i don't know any, any e-commerce brand doesn't matter if they're they've got sustainability at their core or not but what can they do to make a difference you
1: know? well i think what you just said there genuine sustainability at, at your core because i was reading an article there at the weekend about luxury brands and, and luxury thinking now and I don't know if it's true or not but the writer was saying that there's a real shift in what is luxury yeah you know that that it's a movement away from you know this <laughs> whatever uh, that we Kardashian you know that that visual bling or whatever or variants of that gold to this, how it's made, how, how much water it used, you know, that there's a shift in, in thinking about what is luxury and, and what, is, what is quality and what is things I want to buy. So I think if we are genuinely sustainable and sustainable at, at the core, I don't know how much of a business that's, that's out there uh, but certainly, I think there's a, a feeling or a mood to buy local, to, you know, because the closer you are from the thing you consume, the less waste. Yeah. You know, so if you've got onions out in your garden, you, there's less waste in consuming those onions than if you buy the onions in the supermarket. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so distance. So there's idea, uh, you know, around, you know, being local and being nearby and, and you know, calculate and people genuinely because a lot of times, you know, you look and say, here's a T-shirt that costs, you know, 40 euros and. Here, but here's why it costs 40 euros mm-hmm. and we give three euros to the uh, person who made it, whereas she typically only gets 50 cents, you know, and there's some very good e-commerce entities. I think Asket is one of the, uh, that comes from, where they're calculating the entire life cycle of the product and and they're saying, and we make 10 euros on that, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, be honest and transparent and tell the story and, and that, you know, and yes, it costs a bit more, but here's why it costs a bit more and actually, this will last you five years or 10 ye- years and you know that. And I think I, I've been thinking as well, like my old jeans and uh, things like that and that I'm committed to wearing. And I think, wouldn't it be great if we had a whole network of designers, you know, local design within an area and that you say, hey, here, here's these jeans, they're beginning to shred now in, in places I don't want them to shred. Uh, <laughs> And, and to do something and, you know, be willing to pay the price of a new pair of jeans yeah. for the design of that pair. I would be, I don't know how many other, you know, and that, so they've used 70% of the materials of the jeans that I gave them, but they added 30% new material and they put a nice design, you know, and then you're going around and then you're genuinely unique, you've got a custom yes. pair of jeans but and you paid 30 euros or 40 euros or whatever you paid for it and that is going to be good for the planet and it's good for local business and it's good for so i'm quite hopeful in in many ways of you know genuine sustainable businesses. not 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 there's so much unfortunately in marketing that has been a con yeah you know over, over the years but genuine stories of of genuine people like I see, you know, I, I cracked my wedding ring there a couple of months ago and I, I got it fixed in in this, you know, workshop that just specializes in in this sort of stuff. And it was just, it was just lovely to go in. I obviously had the mask on and everything, the screen, <laughs> but I could see the people working yeah. behind and I could see that. I was just lovely to see these people who you, you could just know that had 30, 40 years of, experience and 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 you know all it all it cost me I think was 30 euros nice and I was th- I was thinking to myself what would I get from a, a writer or a, a developer or a programmer for 30 euros like mm-hmm. here I got the ring back and it looked it's like new polished and there's no way you could see the crack the old crack this was just just beautiful work mm-hmm. and it cost me 30 euros
0: amazing yeah
1: so it's not that expensive to give craftspeople work you know, and you get beautiful stuff back. You know, so I think there's models and this is how the web can be used yeah. that to connect up with Google and then to connect up with Coca-Cola or or whoever wants to uh, manipulate the next election that we we can connect up with, you know, John the goldsmith. Yeah. you know or 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 susan who's a, a great at at designing you know uh, clothes and and you know she just lives 20 miles away or 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 that you can somehow get it to people in who, who are more distant but it's sent by a really economical energy conserving transport mechanism and they'll do it and I think there are ways and means that where, we, where it's genuine sustainability, whether it's making cheese or, you know, like, I, and I think there's a mood for that.
0: So basically going back to the old times where there was no online shops, there was no, um, you know, it was all local and lovely and a community of makers and craft crafty men. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> with technology, like with, te- like yeah. that, That you get a notification that says, "Oh, um, your friend Mary is 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 in the coffee shop now." You know, I mean, obviously, all of this has to be carefully privacy, and but with the time, because often we don't know what's local. That's the funny thing, you know, we don't know what's near us uh, in in many ways. We're we're more aware of what's ten thousand miles away. You know, we don't know that there's a craft cheesemaker down the road most of us don't so the the technology can connect that or can be a connective local tissue uh so it's not i don't want i grew up on a small farm you know where we didn't even have machinery i I don't want to go back to that world (laughs) as as nice as some people might think it was i thought it was absolutely horrible like i like having a phone i love checking up stuff you know, online. I like connecting up with interesting people and so So I, I don't. I want the benefits of both, and I think we can we can have both. both. So I'm not I'm not anti technology. I'm just anti waste and uh, and a kind of us being owned by Facebook and and Google and Amazon and just making another trillion for Jeff Bezos. I have no interest in that.
0: Absolutely not. I think there needs to be a really nice, happy medium. But I think, so the biggest thing with technology is data and it's big data is a solution to many problems, but only used in the right way. And I just think, well, I'd like to ask you if you think there's a happy medium between the amount of data that we need and the data that we don't need. So for example, uh, Facebook, Google, like, yeah. what do you think is the happy medium there?
1: I think most data is not useful and is not used. And there's a very crude way that we work in that we try and collect everything with the expectation that we, oh, at least we have it and we might find a use for it later. So I think we need a much more mindful understanding of what we need to collect and what what we need to uh use like i've had a an email newsletter since 1996 just a simple 500 words every week and and you know over the years or recently i was trying to say you know how do i get a because i don't want or i don't care who opened it or didn't open it it's not you know i don't want to track people like i don't don't want to do any of that it's almost impossible to find a company that doesn't track, that doesn't, that, you know, tracking is just inherent. What do you mean you don't want tracking? You have to have it. Like, no, I don't want it. It has no benefit to me. Uh, It's zero benefit and I have zero interest in it and and, uh, in, in, in tracking. So I don't want it. No, but you have to have, like we collect, whether people want it or not, whether it's used or not, it's collected. And, you know, for years as well, like I I just wanted a, a text newsletter and the systems I'd use, I'd, I'd set it up as text. And then six months later, it'd be HTML would be coming. And i said, how is this happening? Like, it's like the system is demanding that you go to the ultimate level. Like we've designed systems and structures that they they always seek to max out yeah. either on features or on collection of data and I think really thinking do we need this because when my core has been this the research the top task and then with the top tasks list there's a number of segmentation questions and you know really trying to get I always say no more than five to eight maximum or whatever, but often keeping people within the maximum is a is a real challenge in many situations and then he, and even with that often they don't even look at the detailed data even in the the five to 8 they'll look at it once they'll take the top level uh data and maybe use it but you know we don't it's like we're buying tomatoes and we buy you know 10 kilos of potatoes every week and we only use one kilo or a half a kilo mm-hmm. and and nine and a half kilos is just get stored in the cloud yeah and and uh and it's nine and a half kilos or gigabytes every week and we only use a half a, a kilo well, why don't we collect the half a kilo that we use mm-hmm. and then you know, the impact on the data centers, on our servers, on our computers, on our processing, all these stats that I'm seeing, 90% of data is never used three months after it's created. Oh. If, we could, if, if we could only deal with 50% of that, think of how many less computers, less meetings, the amount of meetings I've sat in over the years of teams on a Monday morning or whatever, talking about the, the google analytics and trying to seem intelligent about bounce rates and time on pages most most analytics is bullshit yeah it's analytics theater it's 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 it has no meaning and people go and they do things that oh we should oh that page was really looked at a lot yeah well yeah what are you going to do you know, <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, we're really popular now. Yeah, you're the WHO, it's a pandemic. Uh, Yeah. Why do you, you know, most of these metrics can mean horrible or good. (laughs) You know, lots of people visiting the page, yeah, maybe your product is crummy, like uh, your pricing is confusing. Like so, so much of this stuff and when I talk to people, they really don't know what they're doing. I think there's an awful lot of people in an awful lot of companies that actually don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, especially with data.
1: There about a month ago, we were looking at the the blackberries out on on the you know on the roadsides or the uh, the hedges, and and I was thinking, now if this was a big data problem, <laughs> what would what would big data people do? They'd hire. A a huge digger and a a trailer and they'd go out and they'd dig up all the hedges you know for a five or ten mile radius and then they'd bring them back to a huge yard and they'd dump them in that yard and then they'd start looking for the berries yeah you know that's the way we approach big day we collect you know Mm -hmm. all this stuff and most of it is is Absolute crap! It's totally, it's totally never. It would never be useful. because when I, when you look at a, at a level at data, you get down to a certain level. There is data that is totally, absolutely, without question, useless.
0: Crap!
1: You know, it's like you saved for some reason. The system is is outputting Excel files and CSV files. You know, there's these sorts of and you only need Excel files or you only need CSV files, you know, or there's a, a, a duplication happening here or there's a, you know, there's this happening or there's like there's things happening in data that anybody, any sort of analyst would look and say, we don't, we don't need that. That's a, that's not used. There's no way we'll ever use that. Yeah, you know, not, not. I don't care whether we bring in 50 Einstein's. That's just not usable. And, and that can be 20, 30, 40, 50% of the data being being collected. And not alone is it not useful. You're training the AI on
0: crap. Yeah, for sure. And then the technology isn't right then <laughs> if they're learning. well, It's
1: it's getting these strange biases or these strange, yeah. you know, behavior patterns because, you know, if AI was a human, you know, we bring it into McDonald's every day and and, and, and force it to eat Everything, you know, fifteen Big Macs, and eat, and then go to the waste bin and eat that as well. Yeah. You know, that's that's the way we're training our AI. Our AIs will be strange beasts.
0: Oh, weird! <laughs> what a strange thought. <laughs> um, so, in your opinion, then, say so, say if you're building an app, um, what are the most important considerations that they should think about Um, for example like I don't know a customer review app which integrates on Shopify stores like how can they decide which data they collect and which data they don't
1: yeah and so number one do we even need the app or do we you know the the like I downloaded the government app for COVID-19 I don't know if it works anymore or you know or is it really useful, or you know, is 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 it practical? You know, um, we don't ask those hard questions like, uh, oh, you know, this really requires Bluetooth to work effectively. Like, is that you know, is Bluetooth stable? <laughs> Will it really collect? You know, so really asking, is this work? You know, can can we collect this properly and efficiently and and um, really digging into, you know, we're, we're coming out of the the cult of move fast and break things, and we've seen they've broken a lot, you know, Facebook et al. They've they've really managed to break America, kind of to break the USA. Uh, they've they they moved fast and they broke the USA uh, in 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 their their cult of of speed and and, and stuff like that and a little bit of thoughtfulness and and about what are we trying to achieve and can we achieve it through the website why do we need an app mm-hmm. you know why can it not be can it not work uh through the, through the site what does it actually need to really do and then you know even if we're unsure of what data well say well well let's collect for six months or three months or like, why do we need to track? Like, and what can we achieve by not tracking? Like, what if we say to you know, what's the cost of tracking? You know, what can we say to you know the customer? Like, we don't track you. What's that word? You know, what's that work as a branding statement? You know, no tracking here. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 chat with you, but we don't we don't track you. We don't collect information on you you know other than if you buy something from us but here's exactly what we collect and otherwise you know and we don't and how much faster will our page will things be if we don't track and you know and if we don't do this not not enough people ask what's the benefits of not doing this
0: exactly and also i was going to ask you if i was trying to persuade a tech company like don't store this data because it damages the planet because dot 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 um what would those well how would you fill in those dots so well speed
1: um, will be well privacy and uh, you know definitely you know and and i think there's a big move i i I think there's a building tsunami of privacy mm -hmm. coming of people you know wanting to be protected and wanting to be more anonymous and you know much more skeptical about people collecting their data uh I, I really get a sense that's a, a movement gathering momentum. So I think the organizations that are positioned in the future that actually are the least intrusive, you know, in, in people's lives will, you know, have a real positioning statement of, you know, sustainability will probably be a key element of that, will be, you know, minimum collection of data because, the less data the less waste yeah uh in you know there's every piece of data requires energy to create and to store yeah so you know and of course the less data created uh or or the less tracking uh, the faster the better the experience on the page downloading i see yeah new york times have announced they're they're stopping cookies you know they're they're moving, and see, most of this doesn't even work. You know, I've seen in studies that you get just as good an advertising return from contextual advertising than from all this. But most of it is most of it is trickery, and it's it's it doesn't actually work. Yeah. Like it it it, it actually it's it's just phantasmagoria stuff. It's magic. You know, Google said years ago they got rid of the magic in advertising. No, they didn't. They just, they brought back the magic micro-targeting god called Google. Most of the times it doesn't actually work. Putting an ad for sports shoes or whatever in the sports section is just as effective as trying to target me, uh, you know, and understand that now I need sports shoes. Like, so, so an awful lot of this stuff actually doesn't work so find out what actually works Mm -hmm. and and you know at least if you're going to destroy the planet have a purpose to destroy you know like you know if you if you're going to create waste and use energy at least use it for a purpose but to create waste just to fill a dump
0: yeah
1: you know so purposeful and and knowing that You know, there is a there is an argument to go out there to consumers and say, well, we are, you know, we're in the lowest tier of tracking. We collect the minimal amount of information on you. Uh, Certainly, that's the type of company I'd be interested in doing business with.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think at the moment, the struggle is that, you know, personalization in e-commerce is a really big trend and it has been for a while. Um, and so, you know, you get personalized emails with recommended products based on what you've previously purchased. Um, so, if your company is based on that, um, like that's what your USP is we're a personalization app.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if it's working, it's work, you know, the, yeah. there's, yeah. but a lot of these are not working,
0: <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, because I mean, they're actually not
1: working. I saw studies that, you know, something, 80, 90% of these personalization projects. Did not show return on investment. Really? A lot of this stuff is magic, you know. It's it's snake aisle sales. It's actually not as effective as it's been made out to be, mm-hmm. you know. So, is it actually working? Interesting. You know, uh, like is it actually all these personal emails, you know, and and or or is it just annoying the hell out of your customers? yeah you know for every for one that you convert have you have you pissed off 20 more
0: yeah because i think you know yeah like you said you're gonna piss people off and if they're more switched on to it now it's like oh that's just a personalized ad that i'm not i'm not even yeah watching.
1: i don't know about you chris but every time i get an email from anybody you know and I, uh, like that the first thing i got is straight to unsubscribe yeah. At first, I get. I said I didn't give them permission. You know, everybody th- seems to think they can bombard you. You know, uh, and and I go straight on subscribe, or you know, they're they're going into junk or, or 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 whatever. So I think the because everyone is doing, everyone's trying to be personal with you, and you know, think of how creepy that is
0: yeah yeah so i I guess then the three things that you would recommend is to think is this actually going to be is this going to work um do i need this data and if not then don't store it
1: (laughs) yeah and don't and and maybe there's an angle you know that you could test even in If you've got numerous companies or or you're an up and start and you say, you know, you come out, you're young, you're a star and you say, we're not creepy. We don't personalize. We don't collect. You won't be getting tons of emails from us. I promise, you know, you we are we will not be bombarding you. Uh, You know, that's our our commitment. Could that work? Or we will only send you six emails a year maximum. Mm. You know only
0: if we really need to email you.
1: Yeah, that you know, so we're not going to annoy you. That's part of our commitment. That's part of our total calculation, you know, of of the total cost of this t-shirt. Yeah. You know, because the 15 customized emails are part of the t-shirt as well cost as well. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 the data that they sucked up. So you know I, I think there's a conscious consumer out uh, or more conscious consumers I mean I hope there is because if we if there isn't we have no chance uh, oh
0: gosh, there is that's what the mindful commerce community is yeah <laughs> um so but then a brand might argue right so if I'm not going to send any emails I'm probably not going to be on social media that much so how do I get my message out there how do I tell people about this new product that we've got that is sustainable and it is ethical.
1: Well, maybe maybe you are on, you are calculating, you know, are you saying, we will just send you six emails a year. You know, we will just say, you know, and our emails are, We they're X number of K, you know, and actually two of those will be text only, you know, for those who read, and uh, we will, we, we use social media, but we don't, uh, we only use video every 50 posts, and we really think about video, and we tend to use text. Um, and, um, you know, we use SMS messages
0: Yeah,
1: uh, in a clever way because an SMS message uh, creates 285 times less pollution than an email. That's so, so interesting. You know, so there's different scales of from, from a text message to an email, to an audio, to a video, like 30 seconds of video is like 16, 60,000 or 100,000 or 200,000 text messages, you know, one 30 seconds, you know, so, you know, we're careful and we compress well and we do all these uh, sorts sorts of things. But if I thought, you know, somebody was consciously, you know, connecting with me, like Mm -hmm. I'll open, if they do send me an email, then, you know, from, you know, that ring, they fixed the ring, you yeah. know, but we're bombarded, you know, we're just bomb. Everybody's telling us how much they care about us during COVID-19, whether they're airlines, you know, well, or I whatever. Delete
0: <laughs> I delete those ones now.
1: Yeah, um, well, it's all a blur, isn't it? Like, it's all, you just, you just don't, you want to live your life a bit, like, you know, so uh, I, I think there, there's a space, as you say, for, for mindful commerce.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then I think, you know, when we are back to normal, because we will get back to normal um, or the new normal, um, instead of emailing and, you know, social media, maybe we'll be able to do uh, more events and like, you know, community events um, and then they can promote their brand that way but, yeah, I like the idea of just having, just saying, right, we're not collecting your data. We're not going to target you. Um, and here's all the reasons why. <laughs> and yeah.
1: Or, or here's all the data. Here's what we collect on you. And it's typically only 20% of what others will collect. And you can go out and check that, you know. So we say we need to collect it. You know, or we feel or this helps because we we want to keep the size your size of your shoe. Yeah. You know, and and we will let you know, but only, you know, if in, in maybe in two years or and we'll take back your shoes and we will repair them and sell them all, you know, or, or you know, that sort sort of stuff. If it's yeah really truly useful from both sides, you know, it's not it's not no. You know, but some, some environments would say, we, actually, we don't need any. Some would say, you know, actually, when we look at it, the nature of our product, we don't need to collect anything. Mm. Um, so what, or we need to collect very little. Or But really thinking that every, every collection is an invasion. Uh, tracking, I mean, when did tracking ever seem like a positive thing? You know, think of the very word tracking you know yeah and the dangers inherent in being tracked who wants to be tracked
0: Mm. I just don't know if anyone is aware like because businesses aren't that transparent about it or you know there's this really long chunk of text telling you about the data and you just accept it without reading it because you just don't have the time to read it so they get away with it yeah Um, yeah so if if brands are more transparent about if they are collecting data, why they are, um, then I think that's okay.
1: Yeah, and, 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 you know, let's see real sustainable brands, mindful brands that, you know, are not out to screw us, you know, not yeah. out to fool us and not out to, you know, and say, here's the reason, we, here's our problem. Yeah, great. You know, I, I think there's lots of people who want to buy from those sorts of people. Yeah, you know, that 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 work hard and create beautiful things and that that are genuinely useful and and, and are repairable and and are, you know, use as natural products as possible and don't use t- too many chemicals in the creation of those. You know, there's a there's nothing wrong with that. That's a nice story. That's a good story. And and. Yeah. And if we need to collect some data as, to make that story work, that's okay. But we do, we we think about it. Mm. You know, what do we need to co- collect? What's really necessary? You know, and you know, we we're constantly trying to reduce the waste, whether it's the waste in 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 the data or the waste in the garment or the waste in the laptop. Like you know, if we're not if we're not processing all this stupid data then the laptop will will last another year
0: yeah good point you
1: know you know because the less stress I mean if you if you don't drive your car as much your car lasts longer generally speaking you know uh, so so computers like everything else are affected by use and if there's lots of intensive use uh so if you're not processing if you're only processing 1 gigabyte versus 30 gigabyte that's it's less energy it's less stress on the parts and and you didn't need that other 40 and a, a lot of it is comes back to this mindfulness of really yeah. thinking about what you're doing rather than just grabbing everything and then bringing it all back home and 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 saying now what oh i don't want this don't want this don't want this don't want this don't you know, being much more conscious about our decisions. And um, technology, the, the great danger of technology is that it is, it's is—it's stopping us actually thinking.
0: Yeah, it is. Especially when you're sending an email and it finishes your sentence for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so I don't need to use my brain now.
1: Yeah, and that's a... I don't need then, to And then, then you use it less, and, le- and then we just become... Addicts. We 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 don't. You know, we, we lose our sense of agency in our in our very lives, and and uh, and then we start doing things to our customers because we don't. They're not. It's not even us to say. It. It's some. It's some AI, reared on McDonald's data. Yeah. You know. Uh, that's bombarding uh, customers because of some flaw in the uh, in the collection and the interpretation of the data because here's the thing about customization C- can be wonderful yeah G- can work but when you get it wrong you can get it extraordinarily wrong
0: oh gosh so true do you have an example of um someone who's got it
1: well you know try you know all of these things like you know figuring out you know th- that that uh, hey uh, someone in your household is pregnant. Why not buy some clothes <laughs> for, for for the baby? Or you know that that has actually happened. Or sure. you know, or you know, all sorts of things where you know Facebook would be showing pictures of children who had died and fa- families, and uh, so on the the remembrance or the you know, oh what what nice things happened this year. Uh, you know, it can get really, really that's too uh, ugly in people's lives i mean and and look at the way these algorithms really operate they they work on our worst instincts i mean we see i mean the society that ai is building is not a pretty society in the usa at the moment you know it's not a pretty society it is not building the the society that tech is building all the customization and all the targeted uh, uh, advertising, and it's not a—it's not a pretty society. We, you know, the USA is the most tech advanced society on earth. Is that—is that the future we want for the world?
0: Probably not. I think we need to talk about all of this more so that people realize what's going on, and then because basically, it's you know, big tech companies are manipulating us, and
1: yeah. And all they care about, and those big tech companies, they have, no, they have no nations, they don't belong, they may be in Silicon Valley, but, you know, their accounts are in the Cayman Islands, or they, they don't exist in any community. Well, yeah. They have no loyalty to nothing uh, other than the accumulation of the maximum. They don't, they will, look at them, they make the biggest profits of any companies on earth, and they pay the least taxes. Because they are optimised to screw the earth, basically. I mean, that's what Facebook and, and, and Amazon are. Screw the earth. They, that's their optimization model. You know, maximise profit, minimise tax. It's not that they're bad people or, you know, it's just that that's the machine they've built.
0: Yeah. Oh, crazy times. Um... Yeah,
1: but not but not, not beyond our reach yet.
0: We can still stop, can't we? We can still make a difference.
1: I I think so. I mean, we at least have to try.
0: Yeah. More conversations like this, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So if you could give one tip to our listeners, so they are e-commerce tech developers and e-commerce brands, what would that tip be?
1: I mean, I think move slow and fix things. Yes. You know, and and thoughtful, be mindful, think about your decisions more. I mean, this, you know, agile and sprinting, it's great, but you can sprint in the wrong direction. Mm. Like, and and really thinking about the decision before we make it, and the parameters of the decision, and thinking, we we've, we've got trapped in this total short-term loop of we we can't think beyond a week or a month or. We've got to think longer and we can and it requires exercise and it requires disciplines and it requires doing maybe games or whatever to to actually stretch our minds, you know, like like we stretch our muscles and we need to stretch Mm -hmm. our minds. We still can. We've got this wonderful human brain that is actually still much more efficient than the most efficient AI, you know, like that consumes the energy consumption you know it's of the brain is about 20 watts an hour think of all the stuff that the brain does for 20 watts an hour it's good value and it's and it's the most sustainable thing you know that that's out there so getting people and and designing things you know that get people out there away from the machines that like that they're taking Walks, or you know, enjoying food, or there, you know, because every everything in digital is consuming energy. So, how do we get help people using technology partly, but to to live lives more in nature rather than in technology and like uh, in technology, twenty percent of the time rather than eighty percent. I don't mean no technology, but that like getting people to be more human because we are human. We are not machines yet. We are not circuit boards.
0: No, not yet. You said yet. Does that mean we might be one? Well, there? we
1: will be. We will gradually become, Ooh. you know, over 50 or 100 years, we will become, We will have brain implants and we will have, you know, eye implants. And and, and and there'll become a time where we either, the, the when did the human stop and the cyborg begin. I'm sure that, you know, that, that's oh. but, but that is a potential outcome of, of, of the way things are progressing. If we're not, uh, unless we say, well, hold on a minute. Do we really want to go this path? But but right now, we're still human. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and let's enjoy it. And, you know, we made lots of mistakes and, and hopefully we can learn. But right now we are Flesh and bone and brain and 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 if we do that right, we can be less impactful on the environment uh, and less destructive. Combining the best of technology with the best of humans, I think that's the perfect out- outcome. But just treating technology as if it's some sort of a magic god, like we are, so susceptible to this idea of the God that knows it all, that'll figure it all out for us. And really we replaced, you know, the traditional gods with, with Apple and Google and Facebook and, and AI and, and they will no more lead us to a blissful world than, than the old ones really did.
0: Mm, amazing, very powerful, um, very powerful answer, Jerry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So Jerry, where can people find you and how can they find out more?
1: Worldwide Waste is available at jerrymcgovern.com. Uh, you can read it for free there or buy a copy of it.
0: This series is sponsored by Collectify. Collectify is a content marketing agency working specifically with Shopify solutions to successfully position and promote their app or agency. Episodes go out every Monday, so don't forget to subscribe or you might miss a few knowledge bombs. And finally, if you'd like to join the Mindful Commerce community with lots of conscious brands and e-commerce experts who are all working together to make change, please email info at mindfulcommerce.io and I'll send you the deets.